where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Family, welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. Have an incredible show for you. Now, if you listen to the show for any amount of time, you may have heard me play the spoken word piece, The Art of Sisterhood by K. Love, the poet. I play it quite frequently, so I'm sure you probably have heard of it. And so today, our special guest, before we kick off all the other stuff with the brothers, like they'll be there. They'll wait for us. Before we do that, I have Caleb, the poet, on Zoom with me talking about something very special. So if you are available Saturday, September 3rd, you would want to be in, in the house for this event. So it's Caleb, the poet presents the Art of Sisterhood tour. It's a colorful gathering of good friends featuring, of course, Caleb, the poet with other special guests. There is going to be brunch, mimosas, music memories and so much more it's going down saturday september 3rd at the brick house gallery 28 36th street in sacramento it's happening from 12 to 4 so what we want you to do is gather your sister friends gather your sister friends four five six up buy a table whatever it is gather your sisters come on out and celebrate sisterhood there will be special guests lizzie paris it will be hosted by denisha coco blossom And it is presented by friend to the show, Dr. Tia Hairston, Be Love Holistic. She will be in the house as well. It is going to be a phenomenal event. And I am so happy to welcome K-Love the Poet to the show. Let me tell you a little bit about K-Love and then we're going to jump into conversation. K-Love the Poet is an international touring poet, speaker, and author. Shortly after her 2003 debut on the Chicago poetry scene, K-Love quickly gained notoriety in the genre of spoken word. In 2007, she landed a feature on a Malik Youssef album produced by Kanye West. Since then, she shared stages with other well-recognized artists such as The Last Poets, Jay Ivey, Talib Kweli, Common Sense, and Jasmine Sullivan. She is a twice-published author and an awarded humanitarian, having received the Pan-Africa Award, the Martin Luther King Jr. Award, and she is a 40 Under 40 Women's League inductee. K-Love is a favorite among the educational circuit, garnering bookings for keynote speaking and workshop facilitation for a host of high schools, colleges, universities, and all across the country. And she will be here in Sacramento on September 3rd. K-Love, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ms. Wanda. I'm I'm grateful to be here. I'm so happy to have you. I want to jump right into conversation. So what I do at every show is I have the guests introduce themselves to, I call my audience, the Full Circle family. So introduce yourself to the Full Circle family. What's up, Full Circle family? My name is Love the poet. I hail from the south side of Chicago, now currently living in Baltimore, Maryland for the last two years. 
I am an international um, spoken word artist, but greater than that, I am a mentor, a daughter, a sister, a fiance, a mother to some bonus children, and a, a healer here to give my art um, the best way that I can for the betterment of our people. I love that, how you've introduced yourself. We're going to dig into a little bit of that. I want to go back to the beginning, though. Tell us a little bit about your growing up in Chicago. And when did you first discover this love for spoken word? So um, I actually grew up. My um, early years were in Hammond, Indiana. Both of my parents are from Chicago, and they were very adamant about making sure that we did not grow up in Hammond, if you will. And so we grew up in, uh, I mean, grow up in Chicago. So we grew up in Hammond, Indiana, which is about 20 minutes from Chicago. So we were literally down the street. <laughs> but it was a little bit different um, down the street than it than it actually was in Chicago. Um, as a child, my first love, well, I'll say my first, first love, my first, first love was dancing. And so I love to dance. I love to perform. I took ballet and all of these other things, I just love to dance. But um, simultaneously, I was forming a love for children. Like even when I was a child myself, I would have like all the seven-year-olds in the neighborhood <laughs> on the porch. I was 11 and I would be taking them to the library, teaching them whatever I was learning in the higher grade that I was in. So imagine a sixth grader taking seven-year-olds to the library and teaching them what I'm learning <laughs> in sixth grade. I was so excited and enthusiastic about it because I was able to really teach it to them. So imagine having, you know, seven-year-olds doing long division and <laughs> things like that. It was very interesting to me. My mother just was like, you and these children. Um, I was combing their hair and giving them clothes and teaching them dances. My mother said over and over, girl, these are not your kids. Like, you can't. <laughs> but I felt so responsible for them. So I knew I had a love for children. So when I got of age, I ended up working for a YMCA and I had a group of children. I became a site director there. I love the kids that I was working with. I made relationships with their parents. So I ended up taking them even outside of the program, taking them to the library, just doing different things with them because I just really like children. Around the same time, I was, I was uh, about 20, 21 was the first time that I got taken to an open mic. I didn't even know that these things existed anywhere. Um, I had just ended a relationship with my first love and I went out on a date with another guy and he was like, where do you want to go? And I said, it didn't matter. Um, I wrote poetry. I started writing poetry in high school, but I didn't really, um, I wasn't thinking of doing anything with it. I just wrote it to entertain my little group of friends. Like it wasn't a passion. It wasn't, it wasn't really anything to me, but ironically, like I said, when I was 20, this guy takes me to an open mic and I had never seen anything like this. And I was thinking to myself, oh, OK, I got poetry. And I casually said, oh, I could do this for the rest of my life. Like I, I literally said it and kind of, you know, just said it casually. I didn't even perform that night. But um, that was December 31st, 2002. February 2003, I went back to that same open mic. Somebody signed my name on a list and very nervously, I got up and recited my very first poem on the open mic and I fell in love. I'd never, I never experienced anything like that. Growing up as a little black girl, smart mouth black girl, might I add, mm -hmm. I got in trouble for my mouth all the time. I got in trouble for my thoughts. 
And so to go somewhere where they were being celebrated and related to, it was it was euphoric. And so um, I started, you know, doing the still working with the children, but going to a poetry set every time I could find one. And then eventually I merged the two. I started teaching the children poetry. Oh, and that just uh, that created a whole nother love because now it's the two things I love the most being combined. And so fast forward. I became known as like the mother of the South Side of Chicago. And my I'll say at about early 20s, I moved to Chicago. My parents couldn't keep us away from the, those 20 minutes. <laughs> I moved to Chicago and um, very quickly I ended up founding a mentor organization all out of pocket, um, running it for a span of 10 years, using hip hop and spoken word poetry to teach character development and community activism and yeah, that turned into everything, I guess, that you heard in the um, bio that you read. What a powerful story. And the fact that you have this love for children at such a young age, you being a child yourself, that's a calling. That's a gift. Imagine this. At 26, I took in three teenagers from the organization that I founded. All three of them had different home situations going on. And I took them in and raised them for a span of 10 years in my studio apartment um, in Chicago. To this day, those now young adults still call me mama, still are very close with me and still regard each other like siblings. Um, One just turned 32, one just turned 31, and the other one is 31. Wow. So, yeah, very young. I just, I, I, I think I just, I have always had a mothering kind of spirit. It was inevitable. That's amazing. And like I said, that is a gift. It has to be a divine calling to have such a heart, not just a passion for people, but young people in particular. I feel like nowadays our young people need all of the love and mothering that they can get. Yeah. And the cool thing was spoken word poetry was such an important vehicle for reaching them. Um, I found that they would be more apt to listen to a poem than they would a lecture. But I was enthusiastic, you know, with teaching just in general. I love to do it. So I was always any classroom that I was in. I was always a favorite for the youth because I think children are spiritual and they know when you care and they know when you don't. And um, because I did care, I was always creating innovative ways to teach whatever it is that, that they needed to learn. And so when I started doing poetry and, you know, started using that as a teaching tool as well. It was just the tapping in of what God put me here to do specifically. And I thought that, you know, for the rest of my life, children would just be who my my gift was for, who I was supposed to give my services to. But what the creator has shown me is that the world is my classroom, you know, and, and it, it, it transcends age, gender, race. You know, I'm here for it, for humans. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to to see how receptive that young people are to teaching in ways that they can identify with, right? Absolutely. The, the hip hop, the spoken word, instead of just being in a classroom. And there's a place for that too. And there's a place where certain children thrive in an environment where that's more, you know, like classroom structure versus something that allows them that creativity, especially our kids. I think our kids, we already, as a people, are so creative. Right. And and we kind of I think sometimes the education system robs our children 
because they try to stifle that creativity that we have. Yeah. And they do it in a multitude of ways. So um, my children's book that I wrote entitled for smart mouth girls, I wrote that book with me in mind, little me, little me um, being so small, but being so, um, so uh, um, opinionated and you know creative in my, in my mind and courageous enough to say my thoughts and all of that um but getting in trouble all the time for it like you know and sometimes it wasn't even that I was being disrespectful it's just some adults weren't ready to hear a child say the things that I said and sometimes it made too much sense and adults just didn't know what to do with that so the answer was <laughs> you get in trouble but I know our children are like that. And I feel so proud when I run into adults that knew me when I was a child that, you know, had all of these stereotypes about me. They thought I was fast. They thought I was, you know, wasn't going to be nothing. And, you know, they thought all of these things. And so when they see me now and see that I'm doing positive things, it's just a reminder that you don't know what these children are here for or to do. Even if you can't understand why they get that fire in them that young, you have no idea how that could be used later. You know, it's my philosophy to say that smart mouth little black girls grow up to be some of the most powerful leaders, thinkers, speakers, teachers, entertainers, because they have necessary weapons. They just need to know where to point it at. Hmm. And so with my children, for little girls, I'm teaching them where to put it at. So it's full of poems and affirmations very slick, sassy um, wordplay about subjects that we need to hear our babies talking about or conversations that we need to start with our little girls. And it's packaged all in cute little rhyming poems. But later in life, when they remember these poems, they will get the lessons out of them. And so, yeah, our children are different and we have to deal with them differently. And so that's why, you know, that also fostered my love for children. I go into the schools, like, give me the, give me the, bad ones quotation marks right mm -hmm. give me the ones that's a problem that's that's my tribe right there <laughs> let me yeah. let me see what I can do with them and yeah. um but you know it would it would turn into something good so I I thank God for that yeah that's beautiful I want to go back to you personally and you're 20 years old you go to this or you're in your 20s you go to this open mic you spit your rhyme you fall in love and you start developing programs. Tell us about your journey through spoken word, your own personal journey through spoken word. So um, first place I ever performed was a spot called Giovanni's in Calumet City, Illinois. And um, there I met my still mentor, Dina Dean. She was a poet on the scene already, you know, performing. Um, I met sister on the scene that I would call my big sister Celeste and they were doing poetry and they kind of took me under their wing and kind of let me know that there were more sets than just Giovanni's and so for I kid you not about five years straight I kind of went to a poetry set every night of the week like one on different sides of the city I had just become obsessed with it and I wasn't trying to get known I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to do anything but continue to experience the euphoric feeling that I felt connecting with people. And I, you know, I kept going to all the open mics and 
eventually people started knowing me. You know, I go to the open mic and somebody, you know, as soon as I walk in and stop me and say, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I brought my cousin, sister, baby, daddy to hear that poem. Can you do that poem? And I didn't take that, you know, too seriously, but it kept happening. And then it turned into, hey, how much would you charge to? And I'm like, charge? Y'all want to pay me to talk when all my life people wanted to pay me to be quiet? Mm. That's amazing. Um, And then it turned from how much would you charge to, um, man, if you had that on a CD or a DVD, I would buy it. I ended up finding somebody to create a DVD for me. They recorded me at, you know, more than a few sets that I went to. I put out a DVD. And so then when people ask me to come to their thing and I'm coming and I have my DVDs and I'm selling in this creating like extra income for me simultaneously i'm still working with children teaching for educational service but this is starting to create a buzz and i'm now starting to be a lot of places and a lot of people are knowing me and asking for me and different things like that and so i just continued that i still didn't see it as a career i didn't know that you could be a, a poet for a career. Sometime within that, you know, like I said, um, in the bio, um, Malik Utah had an album that was produced by Kanye West. And um, he called me up and asked me to feature on his album. I thought it was a joke. I'm like, playing with me. But it was real. I did that. Um, I think that probably gained a little bit more notoriety. And I don't know, the offers and the opportunities just got bigger and bigger. And um, eventually after maybe about, I had probably only been doing poetry for about four years, I ended up leaving the nine to five job life and just doing my art full time, you know, by way of writing poetry curriculums, getting them contracted into schools and just performing. And so um, I did that for a while. And so once I started getting my poetry programs contracted into schools, that's where I really started working with the children and becoming known as like the mother of the South Side in Chicago. And that became my first priority, even more than poetry. Like I would still do poetry, but my children were doing poetry. And I was so excited to showcase them that I was attempting to fade myself to the background. Like, no, I got these children. People call me for shows. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. But what about these children that I have? They do poetry too. And they're teenagers and they come from hard backgrounds. And so I was really putting them in a position. And so 2017, by 2017, these children that I raised poetically were now the age I was when I started the mentoring organization. And I felt it was time to pass the torch. And so I did. And I, I left them the name and the legacy and the things I instilled and told them to go forward and do what they would with it. And I started to sew back into myself and poetry. And that's when all of the other much, much bigger things started to happen. I I, which, like I said, when I was working with the children, I kind of thought I was like, mm, I don't really have to do poetry. Like, it's it's cool. But, you know, but yeah, that's when all the other things I ended up producing two books and I ended up, you know, starting to have videos go viral. You know, social media started to really, you know, come up and now going viral has opened a whole nother market. So now it's, you know, I think um, sometime in that that time I turned into a global artist, not only having my poetry in other countries, but even, you know, having myself, you know, booked in other countries. So which leads us to being here now and just still, still, I've been doing poetry full time for about 17, 16 years. 
in total, I've been doing poetry for 20 years. This year made 20 years. And I'm every day, every opportunity, every like, comment, share, I receive all of them like it's my very first one. I am humbled that I have people's attention. I'm humbled that I have something that feels valuable to people that makes them feel seen and heard and and felt. Um, I am humbled that I get to do something that I feel like is my calling and my passion. And I know I get to go to sleep at night knowing that it's something healthy and helpful for people. So I am honestly living in a dream. That's so beautiful. And it's encouraging for people that may be out there listening that have that thing that wanted to take that chance, but were afraid of what may be on the other side of that greatness of the, of that opportunity of that leap, you know? And so this is encouraging for me because I'm in that situation right now too. Like I'm ready to, to jump out of the nine to five and do more of what I love to do. So you're encouraging me. Look, if none of the other listeners is encouraged, I'm encouraged. (laughs) Family, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with K-Love the Poet. Don't forget that you can get your tickets now for the Art of Sisterhood tour that's happening Saturday, September 3rd from 12 to 4 at the Brickhouse Gallery. It's at 283736 Street in Sacramento. It is going to be amazing. So grab your girlfriends, grab your sisters, your family, your aunties, your cousins, any sisters, women that you have in your life that you want to share this experience with because it is going to be an experience. Come on out and enjoy brunch and libations live entertainment, and so much more is happening Saturday, September 3rd. Keep it right here, family. We'll be right back with more Full Circle. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. The definition of what a true sis is. She don't just come for your tea. She stick around to help you with them dishes. I'm not talking gossip and shit. I'm talking about the type of women stick around to help you process your shit. See, I be hanging out with cosmic chicks. Some got degrees, some spit, some of them shape shift, some of them make shit. Every one of them sacred, none of them make shift. I got one that I pray with. And I got one that you probably shouldn't play with. Because she stay with the shits. And I got one that I slay with. If we talking glamour and glitz, me and my girls be on goals. We like to get it together. And when I'm not on my toes, she tell me get it together. She be peeping them snakes. Never bring me no beef or no hate. And when I'm lost in my fear, my sis get me back deep in my faith. I look up. And here come my rock with a rock to remind you them beasts out enslaved. We never let time get in the way. We know we both got lives, but we both are hop a boat for our ship when it comes down to the wire. Fight fire and hell. I like the hiring self. And I never go thirsty because my sisters got wells. And we water each other. Sometimes with daughter and mother, when that nurture is needed. Sometimes with windows and mirrors for reflection and reason. Regal when reaching our dreams. We'll take one for the team when the going gets tough. And you'll get your ass checked on your mess, but it's all wrapped up in love. Sisterhood, sold up, then showed up so many times it's insurmountable. Holding me down and accountable. That's why even if I disagree with her, you never catch it on social media. I'm going to say that shit again because 
disagree with her You never catch it on social media Face to face, I'ma go and meet with her We don't do messy We grown grown We don't send no texts when we vex We know it's easy to get the tone wrong And we've been doing this for far too long Some things are just amateur On or off camera That's why even when she's tripping I never hit below the belt Or say words to damage her On or off camera We be a classic picture Righteous and ratchet A well-rounded mixture My friends be fixtures in my life Lifting me towards the light on my darkest of days. At our age, we clear on what the value be. That's why even when she's tripping, I forgive her just as many times as I forgave dudes who didn't value me. She does. Let me say that part again. That's why even when she's tripping, I forgive her just as many times as I forgave dudes who didn't value me. She deserves my mercy too. So I give it freely. We be out here on our netty and seely. Nothing but death will keep us from it. I thank God for the squad I can summon. If I'm calling, they coming. That's why when I'm balling, it's nothing. Because when I'm falling, they ground me. And if I don't say it enough, today I want to say it loudly. I'm grateful for each of you. Even though you're all proud of me, know that I'm nothing more than a reflection of the women I keep around me. And we're back, family. Thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation with my guest, K-Love, the poet. If you have not heard of her family, now you know. And now you better get hip to what K-Love is throwing down because she is an amazing spoken word artist. And as a matter of fact, if you are available Labor Day weekend, she will be here Sunday, September 3rd from 12 to 4 at the Brick House Gallery, 2837 36th Street in Sacramento. Tickets are available now at klovethepoet.com. I will post all of that on the Full Circle social media pages so you have it. But bring your sisters out. Bring your friends out. Come on out and enjoy some libations, brunch, spoken word, performances. It is going to be a good time. Special guests include Lizzie Paris, It'll be hosted by Denisha Coco Blossom and our very own Dr. Tia Hairston, a.k.a. the Love Ambassador, will be in the house. You do not want to miss it. It is going to be absolutely amazing. There is a level for VIP tickets as well, and you can get all of that information on K-Love's website. We are going to jump back into conversation with K-Love. Before we went to the break, Caleb, we talked about your journey through spoken word. Has there been so far one moment that has been that? I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm speaking here or in front of X, Y, Z. So, yes. <laughs> yes, there, there's been a couple of moments. And I would be remiss if I didn't speak about each of them because, in all honesty, they were that moment for me. One of the things that I would say was that moment for me. And this is so different, right? I have a niece that, you know, has been around me her whole life. She grew up and let's just say some of her behaviors got very challenging out here. She recently, um, as recently as last year, started her first year of college. And um, on the first day of her first year of college, she had to write a paper about a woman that has impacted her life. And she chose to write the poem about me and uh, just about her experience with seeing me speak and, you know, me taking her to poetry sets and different things like that. And like I said, this is this is my niece. This we have a challenging relationship. 
the smart mouth little girl that I said that I was. This <laughs> is this is this is that times. Good child. Um, but her her writing her paper about me, that was a major moment for me, right? Um, and that's not, you know, maybe somebody was expecting me to talk about an entertainer that shared my poem or something like that, but that was big to me. And it's important that I mention that. But another time that I felt that, and I'm just gonna share three with you, uh, was being asked to come and perform in the British Virgin Islands. That was my first time being asked to come out of out of the country. And it just was like, wow, who who am I to somebody? This is spreading in this kind of way. That's crazy. And then lastly, <laughs> the finale. Um October the 16th, 2020, um, so 2022, one day after I surprised got engaged, I had a show in Chicago. My fiance proposed to me at that show. I had no idea that that was going to happen. The next day I had the privilege and honor to, um, do spoken word poetry, um, and speak for Barack Obama. And that was a beautiful moment for me. Just again, looking at myself, thinking like places I never imagined myself in. I looked around and here I am doing this and I got a chance to meet them and all of that good stuff. And so I would say those are some moments that kind of stick out to me like, wow. Those are beautiful. I really love the story of your niece. You know, a lot of times we as women are out here doing our thing and not realizing that our young sisters are watching and paying attention. And so to have her honor you in that way was so beautiful. Yeah. There's more moments like that that I, my other niece, I taught her this affirmation. I did a program called Treat Me Like a Queen. That was the program that I would have in all of the different schools. And it was a women's, young women's responsibility program that I do with girls in, inside elementary schools, junior high, so on and so forth. Well, I taught the same affirmation I taught to my students, to my nieces as well. And my other niece um, just last year honored me with getting the words to it tattooed on her. You know, it's it's things like that. And I got probably about three more students that tattooed my words on them like that, that <laughs> I still can't. Um, I can't really describe how that makes me feel is beyond flattering is something deeper and harder to explain than that. But um, it's a constant reminder that somebody need what you got, you know, and, and you have to keep giving it <laughs> and um, you, you never know how it's hitting people. Some people are vocal and they'll tell you right in the moment. And then sometimes you look up and, you know, somebody has gone and done a grand gesture to say, hey, this mattered to me. So, yeah, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. What is resonating with me is you never know how someone will receive what you have. So you have to use it all. You can't right. see my shirt, but my shirt says created for more. And to me, that's like a mantra for me. It's like, I'm created to do certain things in the world and to touch certain people, but to live in a way that is an example for other people. I don't know what that's going to look like, and I have no control over it, but I know that I need to be an example for the next generation or whomever. And so I have to walk, I want to, and feel in my heart to walk in authenticity 
and in love and in all of those things. So funny that you say that. So the staples of my brand are vulnerability, integrity, transparency, authenticity, and love, which, Mm. you know, makes up an acronym vital. And so as I approach the, the stage or any space that I come to speak in, that's my assignment. My assignment is to make sure that I'm being vulnerable, that I'm being integral, that I'm being transparent, that I'm being authentic, and that I am giving love and being love and an example of love. And as long as I'm doing those five things, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. Let's switch over to sisterhood. The poem, how did you come up with that? And let's talk about the importance of sisterhood for Black women. Girl, let's, let me tell you. <laughs> So I grew up in a marriage background. Um, all of my family got married young. They found their person and they were married young. My, they got married early. My grandparents, like, I come from a family of marriage. And somehow I literally am like the anomaly where I am the only one that hadn't had that. I say it and people laugh. I'm like, I've been historically single, like <laughs> people check the records. Typically I'm by myself. Um, and um, I haven't, you know, never been pregnant, never given birth to any biological children. And so it's always just been me. And so I spent a lot of my life, especially like my young years, my twenties and all of that kind of just wondering where's mine, when am I going to get that? You know what I mean? And wanting that, you know, feeling, Weird because I didn't have that. Now, I always had purpose and I was always grounded in that. But I wanted to know where was this romantic love? And I remember probably around 2018, just having an epiphany about what other kind of love I had around me and zeroing in on that. And when I thought about how often Black women had saved my life, had been my companions had taken care of me in ways I can't even explain. It was like I had an awakening about, like, I've been looking for acknowledging this love that's been around me. I have, in my adult years, I must admit, I have had good and great women around me the whole time, lifting me up, cheering me on in a million different kinds of ways. Um, And I just knew it was time to really honor them and sow into them. And so I started really focusing on my friendships. And I just, I I fell in love. Like when I thought about it, I was like, oh my God, it's been y'all all the time, all the time. Even when when the men came and left and it's been y'all all the time and it ain't nothing like y'all. And so I wrote a poem, Sisterhood, about my it's about eight women out of Chicago that I consider like my close sisterhood, but that it ain't only eight as I just, I have great friendships with women, but it's not only eight, but I got about eight that I'm really, really um close with. And I just wanted to honor them with the poem. And so as I was thinking about them, I wrote that poem and for everything that I mentioned in that poem, when I'm saying the poem, I can see my sisters, everyone that I'm talking about, I can name them. By name, I can tell you exactly which one. One that I pray with, one that I slay with, one you probably shouldn't play with. I can tell you who each one of those women are. And um, yeah, I, I didn't know the magnitude of what that poem would do when I wrote it. 
I just hope that it put a smile on their face. And I did it at an event and, you know, I had them on stage with me and that was enough for me. Um, so fast forward to me performing it in Dallas at um, an event called um, Flow Showcase. Shout out to Masterpiece Poet, uh, which is a poet out of Dallas, a sister. She's also a love ambassador for the tour. She will be making sure that the tour gets to Dallas on August the 20th. She invited me to do a show there and I did that poem as a part of my set and I posted the video some days after and complete pandemonium took place. I did not know. And so what moved me the most beyond all of the notable people that shared it, um, I think the probably one of the biggest names to share it was um, Mary J. Blige sharing it on her platform and Taraji P and Viola Davis and it just trickled through the industry after that. But it was the comments for me. It was the comment section of thousands and thousands of women tagging their sisters and expressing such love and appreciation in the comments that really moved me. It just, it took me back to just realize, man, women are out here saving each other's lives. Like, and it, it ain't just me with a tribe like this. It's so many women. And I just thought it was beautiful. And so it, moved me. Um, and I was like, I want to do something with it. And the Art of Sisterhood was born from that, wanting to provide a space for women to get together with their friends and really celebrate their friendship. You know, we have birthdays, we have uh, anniversaries, we have Valentine's Day, Sweetest Day. But how often do we celebrate Sister Day? And we're just celebrating what we've overcome because sisterhood ain't all smiles and giggles and shopping and all of that. Like if you got some day ones, you done went through some things and it took something to maintain these relationships. Don't we deserve a day of getting together and just celebrating and saying, man, I'm so glad it's you and this menu and let's continue to to build this this bond that we have. And so that's what that's my hope for the Art of Sisterhood tour. What can we expect when we come to the tour? Girl, I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I'm an artist that makes things that I would enjoy. Mm -hmm. So this is a color-themed brunch. A color-themed brunch. So when you go online and get your ticket, you get to choose a color for you and your group. And this is your exclusive color. So nobody else comes in this color. Just you and your girls. Y'all get to dress in that color. Y'all also have an option of decorating your table to represent your friendship. You can use that color or you can maybe you want to put pictures of things that you've done before, things that hold sentimental value in your relationship. But you get to decorate your table as well. Um, and you come to this event. One of the first things you do after you decorate your table, you're going to have an opportunity to have a professional photo taken of you and your girls in front of a nice backdrop so that you can capture the moment. After that, we're going to do um, our brunch. And I've been really, really intentional about making sure that the brunch is is something that's fit for a queen. Um, and then um, during or after the brunch, we're going to have some interaction with the DJ because I want this. In my mind, I just keep seeing a, a vision of women and all of their sisters smiling, laughing, screaming, singing songs that we love at the top of our lungs and just really, really, um, man, just really appreciating that bond. In my mind, what I see when I think about that, I think about, the scene from set it off with them on the rooftop when they were 
<laughs> they were engaging in, in, in activities all together, but they were laughing and reminiscing and telling jokes. I think about the scene and waiting to exhale when they're all sitting down, having a drink together and just, you know, laughing at, at their lives and their trials. Like that's the vibe for the art of sisterhood that I want to see. I'm excited to see. And yeah, we're going to have a good time. You know, I have a, I plan to have a table dedicated for sisters who have lost their sisters. You know, that's another thing that we we don't talk about. We talk about grief a lot, but grieving the loss of your friend or your real blood sister. So I plan to honor those sisters in some type of way. I plan to also make space for women at the event to honor their sisters that they brought to the event. You know, an opportunity to present them with something symbolic of friendship. And so one of the things that I did in studying for this tour that I'm going to do is I looked up an Adinkra symbol for friendship. And I found it in the symbol to give you an idea what it looks like. It looks like if you cut an orange open, mm-hmm. like cut it in half, you know, you can see the seeds and those halves there. Well, it's got like, it looks like three seeds on each side. That's exactly what the symbol looks like. And I was like, mm, I wonder what this symbol is. And as I read more, um, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the name of the Dinkra symbol because y'all not going to have me on this radio <laughs> town and like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I got to go and read it again. But um, it, it represents tongue and teeth. And so my mother, and I'm sure some other people can relate because we all got um, black mothers that, that pass these sayings down. <laughs> and sometimes you don't know what they mean. Like one, one that's consistent is just keep on living. You're like, oh, is that a threat? Or, or if that's a threat or affirmation, what's here? Uh-uh, don't worry about it. Just keep on living. So the other thing my mother would say, she would say, you know, and that's okay because tongue and teeth fall out. And I did not understand what that meant for a hmm. very time. What do you mean they fall out? Like fall out of your mouth? I didn't understand it, but, you know, it was one of those things where you just nod and say, okay, yeah, all right. Bye. <laughs> uh, but reading this, just a couple of weeks ago, it symbolizes tongue and teeth and it symbolizes the interpersonal relationship that they have with each other. Interdependence. They occupy the same small space. Occupying the same space with something else that is independent of you, you run the risk of clashes happening. Like sometimes you bite your tongue. But even though you bite your tongue, the teeth and the tongue don't fall out with each other and fall out mean they don't stop dealing with each other. They move on from those clashes that they have and they have to in order to speak. And I just thought that was just so powerful. It's so much that we can unpack right there in that conversation about how we maintain these friendships and the importance of maintaining them and the importance of grace. Your tongue has to give your teeth grace because sometimes they're going to run into each other. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a conflict. But just like the tongue and the teeth don't stop dealing with each other or working together, every offense with your friend is not a reason to sever the relationship. That's it right there. <laughs> and so I have I have some some pendants that the sisters are gonna be able to purchase to um honor their sisters. With the symbol of sisterhood. So I'm just, I'm really excited. I'm putting my all into it. I'm putting my all into it. And being completely transparent prior to this call, I was doing 
the finances of it all with my tour manager. And what I'm realizing it is it's, it's not a tour that's going to, in that way, be financially beneficial to me. But I believe in what's behind it so much that that doesn't even matter to me. I'm still going to go forward and do all the things that I said I would do with it because I know that there's a greater purpose. The blessings are going to come tenfold afterwards because you're putting out something good into the world, love and sisterhood. And so those blessings are going to come back. Girl, please. You're going to come <laughs> back from the tour and it's you're going to get financial blessings. You're going to get love blessings. You're going to get all of that. And it's going to be, I'm just, I'm speaking that for you. There it is. <laughs> all of that. I'm receiving all of that. Yes, ma'am. That was so beautiful. You gave me goosebumps when you were talking about the tongue and teeth and that occupying that space and the fact that even when there's a clash, they don't leave each other. They work it out. And that's what that's what sisterhood is. We work it out. If that's truly your sister, we understand some people come in and out your life for whatever reason. But those true sisters, those friends that are your ride or dies, those day ones, those those people that you connect with later in life, but they become your confidants and your your solid people when you have a, a disagreement or, and, and that's what it is. Like you don't want people around you that are yes people that always agree and have the same thoughts and opinions as you. That's boring, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> and it doesn't sharpen you. You don't grow. Right. You don't grow. Yeah. Iron definitely sharpens iron. So we challenge each other, but we challenge each other to grow. Yeah. And we do it with love. You know, yeah. I was talking to somebody yesterday about um, honesty, how we like our honesty and people love to say, well, I'm brutally honest. I don't want my honesty brutal. I want my honesty with love. <laughs> I want my honesty thoughtful. I want my honesty um, in, intentional and, and, and considerate. You know, you can be all of those things and you can still, you know, um, consider what you know about your friend when you deliver in those things. Absolutely. Uh, family, this has been a wonderful conversation and this should be a nice little teaser for you to go ahead and gather your friends and get your tickets. I love the fact that you're doing tickets in like groups of like four things like that to encourage us like it wouldn't make sense for me to come by myself because it's about sisterhood. <laughs> so look, so look and, and that was the standard right at the beginning. But I'm also a reasonable woman that does listen to the request of, of my audience. Um, some sisters brought up some pretty good points. One sister was like, oh, I'm new to this city. I just got here. And I was going to go to an event like this to meet some sisters. And I was like, ah, you know, someone else is like, I'm just in a weird time. You know, I just had a fallout with, with my sister, but I still want to be around sister. And I'm like, okay, okay, let me, let me see if I can create an opportunity for sisterhood to begin here. Mm -hmm. And so we put out um, a number of individual seats and the individual seats make up one table. And so there are going to be some sisters in every city that are going to come by themselves, but they won't be by themselves. Okay. They'll come by themselves and they'll get an opportunity to meet some sisters that are at their table and they get an opportunity to still be a part of all of the festivities. Um, and I'm so glad that I did that because I, I realized how necessary it was. And so you know, just considering um, all the possibilities. If this is about friendship amongst women, you know, we can celebrate long-term, long-standing friendships too. We can also make, make an opportunity to create some of those 
because we love new beginnings. I love that. That is so perfect. I love that. They get a particular color for their table. So mm-hmm. they be dressed with other women that, oh, you good. know, has to be a part of it still. I love that. I love that inclusivity of yeah. those that, that may not have the sisterhood for whatever reason, new to town, whatever it is. Um, I love that. Family, get your tickets today at KaylovethePoet.com. Again, I'm going to post everything on the Full Circle page. It is the Art of Sisterhood Tour featuring K-Love the Poet. There will be other special guests, brunch, mimosas, music, memories, sisterhood, and more. That's happening Sunday, September 3rd, 2023, right here in Sacramento at the Brick House Gallery, 2837 36th Street in Sacramento. You know, we have lots and lots of events there. It's being presented by K-Love the Poet and sponsored by B-Love Holistic. Friend to the show, Dr. Tia Hairston. Grab your friends, bring your girls, get your tickets, get your color, get your outfits together, and come on out and enjoy this wonderful time of sisterhood. Special guest, Lizzie Paris. It'll be hosted by Denisha Coco Blossom. And of course, friend to the show, Dr. Tia Hairston, the love ambassador, will be in the house as well. Saturday, September 3rd, family, you don't want to miss this beautiful sister and this beautiful day of sisterhood. Now, you know, we cannot end this segment without K-Love giving us some of the good stuff. (laughs) So whatever you would like to share in terms of spoken word, I'm going to let you bless the mic with something that will inspire us. Okay, I got it. Thank you so much for it. You keep asking God to do a new thing, but you refuse to do new things. You keep asking God to send a new king or queen, but you refuse to awake as a new king or queen. Who knew king or queen that the life you desired would cost you the one you live in currently, but you don't want to pay with that kind of currency. You keep asking God to send a new wave, but you don't want to wave goodbye to the current current B and it don't work like that. See, in order to get your new life, you're going to have to get that first one back. And I know it hurts so bad to be so bold, to release that hold on things that you help grow. But so, I'm saying, if you can get a so what in your spirit, then you won't fear it when it ends. Stop getting lost in all you're losing. If you're not happy, that's an illusion that you're in. Comfortable confusion, confusing you on your true wins. While your true wins... I'm still waiting to begin, but you keep waiting to begin. Nostalgia then called you and you got caught up all over again. And I'll tell you what that kind of lying to do. I'm talking about lying to yourself. It'll have you lying in your mess. It'll have you with your past pacifying you. It'll have you laid up with your last who still ain't supplying you anything you haven't seen. And I know you keep saying that you're going to leave, but here's the thing. There's a difference between speaking and acting. And I know you don't want to be alone no more, but that there ain't your home no more. You're rearranging furniture where you should be packing. I hate to be the one to tell you that ship has sailed. You the captain, but you capping. Refusing to let anything new happen. How unhappy we run to the reruns because deep down inside, we love what's happening now. It's the story we know best. But if you never sever from your now, You never get the chance to know your next. And I know that kind of naked ain't an easy thing to do, especially when you're still a virgin to that greater version of you. But let's be real. 
Them clothes don't fit no more. Your circle don't fit your goals. You got friends just as envious as your foe. Deep down in your soul, you already know you can't stay where you are. You've been pleading with God. Every morning you get up and get dressed, you know in your spirit, you too genius for that job. Too much of a creative dreamer to be put inside a box. But if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always got. You letting them habits hold you. You think you owe something to the old you. Meanwhile, you got businesses brewing in your belly. You got gifts growing in your gut. You got talent on the tip of your tongue, tired of being hushed, potential untouched. If you would just jump, your husband or wife is hiding right behind your goodbye. Your brand new life is hiding right beside that thing that you won't try. You got generational curses to break, but you in the worst kind of fight. It's you versus your faith and your self-esteem can't wait. They say you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So why not get drunk with your dreams? Don't you know there's no such thing as safe? Your self-esteem can't wait and neither can your mama. Imagine the honor it would be seeing you do what she never had the courage to. Imagine how your daddy would feel vicariously living through you. Imagine you being everything that your granny always prayed for. Imagine you changing your whole family's course by simply stepping into what you were made for. Only you can do it, queen. I want you to get this word deep down in your spirit. Isaiah 43 and 19, behold, I will do a new thing. Do something. No. Thank you. Hey, love the poet family. That was so beautiful. I'm over here. Tears in the eyes, goosebumps, all of that. So beautiful. Family, don't forget you have an opportunity to witness this legend in person on Sunday, September 3rd, when she is here bringing her the Art of Sisterhood tour. It is a colorful gathering of good girlfriends, family. Grab your girlfriends, your sisters, your aunties, your cousins, your niece, those young ladies you have in your life that you want to nurture and and, and have relationship with. Bring them out. It is the Art of Sisterhood featuring Love the Poet, Sunday, September 3rd from 12 to 4 at the Brickhouse Gallery Theater, 28. 3736th Street in Sacramento. Tickets are available right now at klovethepoet.com. I will post all of this on the Full Circle social media pages. K-Love, thank you for blessing us today and best of luck on the tour. We can't wait to see you on September 3rd here in Sacramento. Thank you so much. I am so grateful for this interview. Thank you for providing a platform and thank you for the opportunity blessings family that's how we're doing it show love to everyone you meet and we'll see you next week peace fam this has been full circle follow our facebook page at full circle 97.5